Welcome back, everybody. I'm so excited. Um, you know, Colton Dawn is is somebody who I've been watching at least for the last uh, I don't know seven or eight years, and uh, very much so in uh, in Superstore, which is one of my favorite shows ever. I love that show. If you haven't checked out Superstore, please, please, please. We're gonna keep a copy or a link right below this video. Uh, so, Colton, uh, welcome to the program. I'm so excited to talk to you. Hey, thanks for having me here. It's great to be here. It's it's my pleasure, man. And uh, listen, you've had a fantastic career. You've you've done a ton of writing. You've right. done a ton of acting. I'm going to ask you about all of those things. But we have to start where it started because you were born actually not far from where I am. You were born in Normal, Illinois. I'm in Chicago. Oh, okay. Uh, so very very cool. I, I'm glad that a Chicago uh, guy uh, uh, did well. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. You know, I was born in Normal. I didn't live there for very long. I only lived there until I was about two and a half, three years old. And then we moved up to Minnesota. But I still have a ton of family in Chicago. So I'm always down there. That's awesome. And then uh, you were in uh, in St. Paul. And I think you started writing, you know, some comedy and improv when you were still in high school, which is very cool. Um, yeah. And then right before going off to college, you, uh, you did a thing that changed the rest of your life. You went to New York for a couple of weeks, uh, you fell in love with the improv scene. I think that's where you originally saw the Upright uh, Citizens Brigade. And then you came home, you went to college, and then two weeks later you said, nah, that's not me, and you went to New York, I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely would uh, be careful of letting your kids uh, take a trip to an amazing city right before they're supposed to start college uh, in their hometown. Uh, <laughs> because college does not seem as cool, you know, actually, uh, the interesting thing about uh, about my college experience was that I grew up in a neighborhood called St. Anthony Park. And so when I went to, when I enrolled at the University of Minnesota, I had planned or thought that I was going to be living on the Minneapolis campus, which is St. Paul and Minneapolis of the Twin Cities, Minneapolis being at, you know, the cooler of the two cities uh, to a, a teenager. Uh, and so uh, I uh, was super excited to, you know, to go live in, uh, you know, uh, the Minneapolis campus. And I ended up getting housed on the St. Paul campus, which coincidentally was in St. Anthony Park, where I grew up. So, uh, you know, going away to college, I really didn't go away anywhere. I just kind of went across the street from where I grew up and, uh, you know, just didn't have the same flavor as New York. You know, when I went to New York, there was so much energy and I got to see the Upright Citizens Brigade for the first time. And, uh, you know, it was pretty much a done deal. I was going to move out there. My goodness. Um, all right. So so one question, actually two questions on that. First, how did your parents react to it? And uh, did they just say, no, no problem. Go to New York, buddy. <laughs> well, you know, my mom was actually really supportive. Uh, I'm sure that it terrified her. Uh, I can imagine now uh, being a parent myself, uh, if, uh, you know, one of my kids told me that they were going to just move to New York when they're 18 years old, I'd be I'd be terrified. So uh, I don't know. I don't know how she hit it, but uh, she was very supportive. You know, I think she knew she understood um, uh, that this was something that I love to do and that, you know, by you know, possibly standing in the way of it would probably only make me want to do it more and and not talk to her as opposed to keep talking to her and, and going after my dream. So, okay. So you've mentioned your mom. Did your dad have a different reaction? Uh, well, my father wasn't actually really around when I was growing up. So Ooh, he didn't really I, have any say on, in that decision, uh, you know, um, <laughs> at that point in my life. That makes sense. Thank you for that. Um, all right. So uh, the other question was, you know, had you gotten a house in the in the Minneapolis uh, campus, 
does that mean that you would not have left it and you would have uh, not gone to New York? You know, that's interesting. I, you know, I don't know because, uh, you know, at the time I was also performing with a uh, theater called Comedy Sports, which was in Minneapolis. Okay. So I would have been, you know, in close proximity to the theater that I worked at. I would have been on the Minneapolis campus. I'd like to think that, no, that I probably still would have, you know, had the uh, itch to to leave, but you never know, you know, you just, you never know uh, why things happen and that's, I guess that's crazy life. <laughs> it's true. And I, I love how kind of the whole Chicago thing has stayed with you throughout your career, uh, including the Superstore. I mean, uh, you're, you're in St. Paul, obviously. The Superstore, I think, is based around St. Louis. So right. uh, you know, the, uh, they go to Chicago for the, for the headquarters. You've, um, I think, in Amsterdam when you were, uh, when you were in, a, in a company there, that was called Boom Chicago. That's um, right. Well, I think Chicago just kind of permeated. And that. in New York, I worked with a theater company called Chicago City Limits. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and so it, there's think, uh, definitely a Chicago connection. <laughs> and I think Upright Citizens Brigade, I think they started in Chicago. And then they, they moved They sure out. did. They sure yeah. did. All right, good. I got my Chicago feel. We, 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 <laughs> um, so when you were when you got to New York and you were with, uh, with upgrade, uh, up, upgrade, Upright Citizens Brigade, uh, was Amy still there or who was there? Who were the regulars at that time? Oh yeah. When I, when I started there, they were all there. Uh, you know, Amy wow. Poehler, Matt Besser, Matt Walsh, Ian Roberts, uh, those guys were all there. Um, a lot of the, uh, Conan O'Brien writers, uh, were there mm -hmm. and, uh, as well as, uh, Saturday Night Live, uh, writers and stuff would hang out. Um, it was a pretty cool scene, you know, it was very small group of people, uh, not a ton of people, the theater, uh, you know, oh, when it opened up, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was kind of a small thing. Now it's, you know, this big thing. They have a whole school, you know, that, you know, and everybody knows about them, uh, you know, at least in the improv community. Uh, but at that time, it was a very new thing, uh, you know, and, and very new to New York, uh, which is hard to do in New York to make a name for yourself. And they were able to, to do that uh, out there. Uh, so it was, it was a blast. It was really, you know, looking back, I was like really part of like a cool little moment in time for improv comedy. It's it's amazing. I love improv. I'm I'm a second city. Uh, uh, second city says I'm not an alum because I was never on their main stage and I didn't oh. do the conservatory program. So my apologies, second city. I've only spent a year and a half learning from you. So uh, <laughs> you're an alumni. That, yeah, that, that's my kind of background. I loved it. Improv to me uh, is. Uh, in a way, how I kind of got back into acting because I uh, I went uh, I mean obviously watching uh, watching TV and whose line is it anyway but I went on a um, on a cruise line I think to Alaska and uh, Norwegian cruise line who is not a sponsor and they should be um, uh, and they had uh, Second City guys uh, yeah. they, were doing, they were on the boat I'm like this is amazing I have Second City right in my backyard what the hell is my problem. And I went there and I started studying and that kind of got me back into it. So oh, there you go. Yeah. What's what's your favorite uh, kind of flavor of improv? Because there are so many. Uh, what, what have you found that uh, you enjoy most? You know, I love them all. Uh, you know, I started out doing short form, uh, doing short form improv comedy, which is a lot like whose line it is in any way, uh, yep. you know, at uh, comedy sports and stuff like that. And I, I love short form just because of the high energy. Uh, there's, uh, you know, it really is just about being funny and being fun. 
uh, and you know, definitely uh, a big audience pleaser, a broad audience. You know, you don't need to know what you know, understand what improv is to really get what's going on on stage. Um, you know, but then I also love doing long form. Uh, you know, in different uh, you know structures like Harold or Laurent or all the types of different long form uh, improv structures that there are out there are super fun. And you know, and if you're on stage in front of a crowd that's really into long form, you know, it could be really a great exercise of just kind of getting an idea and just improvising for a while. And then, you know, even one of my most favorite ones is just in the writer's room, you know, just improvising, you know, and using improv to uh, to write and to uh, create stuff that, you know, you then eventually get to see somebody make props for and people get costumes mm -hmm. for, and then you shoot it and it becomes a reality. So, you know, at all, sort of all areas of uh, how improv works, uh, I, I enjoy it and I always have. Yeah. Um, have you have you had a chance to check out Middle's uh, Middle Ditch and, uh, and Schwartz? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so great. So <laughs> funny. And, you know, and, 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 and again, you know, one of those things where I just feel like, uh, you know, those those that show so great is that it really kind of brought that kind of, you know, you know, uh, long form, uh, you know, style of improv into uh, a palatable way, just because those guys are so incredibly, you know, uh, hilarious and yep. uh and and you just like them they're just likable dudes and so uh you know it really is a great entrance for people to check out what long form is uh but it's also uh you know incredibly good improv those guys are great mm -hmm. i love when they break when both of them just say something and they they find them the situation itself they find hilarious and they make fun mm -hmm. of themselves that's that's my favorite part yeah uh awesome okay getting getting back into your into your stuff so um um actually i guess last observation before we dive in i just find it cool because i'm of uh, you know russian background and uh you started i think the the theater uh for ucb it was right uh below the kgb red room uh right. the whole idea of the upright citizens brigade what's what's with the whole russian thing you know, I don't know. You know, it yeah, it was at the 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 uh, KGB Red Room uh, was a bar, uh, uh, the Red Room, and then uh, and KGB Club was the the theater that they had upstairs, and that was its own separate thing. And then the Upright Citizens Brigade kind of came in, and they sort of had this kind of, you know, just not so much even like in any sort of real theological way but they just kind of like stole sort of that soviet you know uh, propaganda style in uh you know kind of promoting uh, promoting themselves and it kind of meshed really well with the kgb and you know with the idea of uh you know community community working together so uh you know i think it in it, it improv in a lot of way it is a you know a group of people everybody's working together to create one thing that's bigger than the sum of its parts uh, which is, you know, the, uh, you know, which is the the nugget of 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 good that I think everybody finds in things like socialism and in uh, communism. Yeah, it's it's funny how you know some people equate communism and socialism to KGB because the idea of a community and the idea of what KGB stands for are completely <laughs> diametrically. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's that's a separate conversation. Um, cool. So um, you you did I think again you've done writing before, but uh, Matt TV uh, is is kind of where you got to do a lot of writing and you got to do uh, you know be a part of uh, I think you were a part of some sketches. Is that correct? On Mad TV, oh, for yeah. sure, yeah, I definitely yeah, showed up. On a few sketches. <laughs> yeah. So, did uh, the kind of, I guess, you know, the fact that you were a part of uh, UCB 
Uh, did that uh, help uh, uh, get you into uh, med TV, or was it, uh, hey, you know, I'm a writer and uh, I, I don't know, is there auditioning for writing? I I'm not familiar with that process of how you get gigs. Yeah, no. So for writing, you usually submit some kind of packet, uh, depending mm -hmm. on where it is that it is that you're going to get a job. You know, if you're going to write on a show like uh, Mad TV or Saturday Night Live, you'd submit a packet of, you know, five or six sketches. Uh, if you're going to write on a TV show, you'd submit a spec script. That's, you know, okay. a show that's similar to, to that show. Um, so I, I submitted a packet for my job at Mad TV. I actually... Um, UCB helped in my artistically and I think making me a stronger writer but as far as sort of the networking aspect of it uh, it was actually Boom Chicago that got me into Mad TV because uh, Jordan Peele and Ike Barinholtz were both alumni of uh, Boom Chicago and they both worked on the show and uh, put in a good word for me uh, to, to get in there. That's awesome. And then obviously you know, after Mad TV at some point in the future, and you wrote for Arsenio, let's not forget that, which I That's think right. is awesome. <laughs> you know, when Arsenio yeah. came back, I still, you know, I came here to, in 1989, I came to the United States. One of the first movies that I saw, which actually ties in nicely to the outfit that Garrett was wearing was Coming to America. That's uh, right. <laughs> and, you know, from that show, you have Arsenio uh, kind of tied into it. And I remember uh, turning on the television and Arsenio saying, you know, do not adjust the, your, your television, I am black. You know, so <laughs> I have all of those things. And then when Arsenio came back and I saw that you were a writer on it, I'm like, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, that was a blast. I mean, you know, it was uh, I was uh, sort of right in between seasons one and two of Key and Peel. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, in sort of in the interim, I worked uh, on the Arsenio Hall show and it was just so fun to uh, to go back and like, you know, he knows everybody. And so when you're yeah. a writer, you know, working on that show, uh, you know, it's it's great to have the job, but it's also like, oh man, I just, you know, saw Magic Johnson and like, you know, like seeing all these cool people who were coming in to uh, be guests on the show. So it was an awesome experience. Yeah. Uh, now that I just thought of Arsenio, the, the other thing that came to mind that made me almost cry is I remember him interviewing Naya, uh, yeah. Naya Rivera. And yeah. That's it's a really really sad yeah. uh, sad thing. So yeah. um, okay, so you uh, you did a lot of work with uh, with uh, Anki and Peel uh, as uh, as a writer, and again you were in some sketches. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I can't say that I've watched a ton of those, but I've seen some, and they're they're hilarious. I, I mean, what else Pretty could you good. say? About? <laughs> uh, was there a favorite uh, kind of sketch that you wrote or a part of that stands out in your mind? Uh, well, you know, I, I mean, I loved everything that I got to write yeah. on Key and Peele. You know, it was really a, you know, Key and Peele for not only me, but a lot of the people who worked on the show was a culmination of years of sketch comedy work, uh, whether it was live or on different television shows or different television pilots. And all of us had kind of worked together in some places, but not in others. And then finally, all of us got together to work on this one show, uh, you know, and obviously with Keegan uh, and Jordan, you know, these two incredible, uh, you know, guys to sort of uh, spearhead uh, this uh, this show. And so every every sketch, you know, I, I think I love, I, you know, I think I'll probably point to just the sketches that are like really in my world of my sense of humor, yeah. uh, which are uh, and people can look them up there. There's two characters called the valets um, okay. who uh, are just two valets who are super excited about Bruce Willis movies or Liam Neeson's movies uh, yeah. and they call him Liam Neeson's. 
uh, and they just sort of act out the things while they're waiting to valet different cars. Uh, and it's just guys who are joyful and excited about their new favorite action stars movie coming out. So I, I love those. Check it out. Key and Peele, the valets, Liam Neeson's. Absolutely. Uh, I'll try to find them and uh, and link at least at least one of them there. But again, yeah, people, yeah, <laughs> um, very cool. I love that. And then was was Jordan kind of always into into kind of horror and the uh, the you know the psychological thriller type of uh, things? Was was that him before or it became him after? No, man. He, he's always been <laughs> he's always been like that. Uh, he's always like real creepy stuff. Uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, and he's one of those people too. You could just tell by looking at him. He's just got a lot going on. He's always like thinking and, you know, um, imagining and, and visualizing just weird, amazing stuff. Uh, another fun thing that people may not know about him is, uh, he, uh, really liked to be a puppeteer. Uh, oh. and there's okay. even a, a, a sketch that I wrote, uh, where, uh, where he, gets to be a puppeteer in a Key and Peele sketch. Uh, I don't know, I think it's called like probation officer or something like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, so he's just been always such a interesting, you know, um, complicated guy. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's, you know, a lot of people in comedy, it's like, they're just like all about comedy and it's just what's, what's funny and what's that. But he's always been, you know, bigger picture. A lot of the, uh, you know, if you look at Key and Peele, a lot of the stylized aspect of our sketches and stuff, you know, really comes from, uh, you know, from his drive to not just be like, okay, I get that's funny and it's interesting, but how do we make this thing like look cool and how does it like look real? Uh, and, you know, I think that bleeds into, uh, you know, his work now is he just, you know, makes these like incredibly submersive, uh, you know, uh, thrillers uh, and horror. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, horror is not my genre because uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sensitive, uh, you know, empathic kind of guy. So sure. I get and I don't want to, you know, kind of swim in that energy. As an actor, I would want to do a horror film because I think that would be incredibly cool to put oh, on yeah. all, of that, uh, all of that makeup. And I think you did, you did one, and I think you were sawed in, in a chainsaw in half in one of those, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I did a, I did a uh, movie called Hatchet 2, uh, which was the second in the Hatchet series um, with, by Adam Green. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's definitely, you know, it's, Definitely not as much of a psychological horror film as as Jordan would make. Uh, Adam's yeah. a little bit more of the uh, you know the big slasher you know uh, vein and genre. Uh, but uh, you know, wonderful, wonderful movie. I, I too was always like, I I, I want to get killed in a movie. I think that'd be yeah. so funny to be killed by a monster. And yeah. uh, and yes, we get a very interesting um, an interesting death scene in that uh, in that movie where I get sawed in half with another guy by a giant uh, giant chainsaw. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, off offline, I want to ask you a question of how that was just from the technical as uh, technical aspect, but we don't want to give anything away because that's not nice. Uh, that's cool. Okay, I like that. All right. Um, so superstore, right? You uh, you get done with uh, with uh, with Keenfield and uh, you get on superstore. Um, was that again audition? Agent sent you something, or how did that come about? Uh, definitely an audition. You know, that was part of uh, pilot season uh, back when they still did pilot season. Um, but, uh, you know, so I, uh, you know, in every, uh, let's say for probably for about the four years prior to Superstore, mm -hmm. I had gone out every year for pilot season and, 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 and it at least booked something, you know, whether it was a smaller part on a pilot, 
Um, the year before Superstore, I had uh, booked this uh, pilot called The Pro uh, that I thought for sure was going to go, man. It was a super funny show. It took place on a tennis court. I, I played a maintenance worker. Rob Lowe was the star. Uh, uh, Rob Riggle was the uh, other guy in it. And they played sort of these former tennis pros uh, who worked at this uh, country club. And, uh, and I, I was so excited because I thought for sure this show was going to go because it was really funny and had such an amazing uh, cast. Uh, Andrea Savage was on it. Um, but then and, and, all, uh, and also it shot at this beautiful country trip club. So yeah. every day for work, I would just be going to this country club. I was like, oh, this is going to be so great. Uh, they ended up not. Uh, she ended up not going, unfortunately. <laughs> and so I uh, had to wait around again until next year. And then that's when I uh, when I booked Superstore. And, uh, you know, very different. We shot this one at a Kmart in Burbank. <laughs> it yeah. was, uh, uh, you know, again, though, an amazing, really super fun cast. Um, you know, but I even thought, you know, oh, you know, it's just a show at a store. Like, who's going to, you know, nobody's going to, they're not going to pick this. And then they picked it and they've kept re-upping us. Uh, and so, you know, you never know uh, which one is going to go and which one isn't going to go. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I just love going to work every day. So, you know, whether I'm in a fake uh, supermarket or at a country club, I'm, I'm fine. Uh, but the process was basically just uh, you going out and auditioning, do one round of auditions. Uh, you have a test where you kind of go in and test in front of the network and in front of the uh, executives for the show. Um, and then you just sort of sit and wait and, uh, you know, ended up getting the call. Yeah. Um, I, I want to come back to Superstore, but now that you've mentioned the pro, oh my God, I love Andrea Savage. I, oh, yeah. her, show, her show, uh, on, on true TV, I'm sorry, is one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. And I'm uh, telling you, man, the pro is a funny show. It had so many great people on it. Uh, Rose, uh, Rosa Salazar, who, uh, is, uh, you know, plays, uh, in the, you know, a bunch of like big movies now. Uh, I mean, it was, it, it, it had a, it had an awesome, awesome cast. Uh, I, you know, don't know why Brian Husky was on that show. Uh, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was a solid show. <laughs> okay. I, I really don't want to hear any more about it because I'm already, <laughs> never made it. I, I can believe it. You know, Riggle and Lowe, I think that would have been hilarious yeah. to get. Riggle and Lowe wearing like little shorts and, and Riggle was like the super angry, like aggro guy. And Rob Lowe was the sort of failed, you know, uh, you know, tennis pro. It was, oh, it was just perfect. Everybody played to their strengths. Uh, uh, you, you can't ask for anything more. Okay, if any network executives are watching this right now or uh, anybody on the streaming services, please go back, revisit that show. Let's, yeah. let's make it happen. It's yeah, too release, much. The, release the pilot. Let, let the people decide. Right. Oh, my God. All right, sorry. Going back to Superstar. Um, in, the, in the audition process, I imagine you also auditioned, um, you know, along with people who were uh, disabled, who were in a wheelchair. Uh, sure. What was that process like? And just uh, actually from an actor perspective, from your perspective, did you feel kind of weird or or um, bad about it? I, I guess I'm, I'm I'm kind of looking from my perspective of I'm able body. Am I taking away somebody else's job? Is I, I don't sure. know that whole kind of thing. You know, uh, for sure. Uh, you know, I think that's something that uh, is definitely part of conversation now, for sure. Uh, and and was also part of the conversation back then uh, when the part came up and. You know, I, I remember thinking, you know, uh, that I didn't really have too much of an issue doing it because in 
my first read of the script, I kind of missed that he was even <laughs> using a wheelchair uh, because it wasn't like a big deal. Uh, you know, it's not like something that it's not like this shows about a guy who uses a wheelchair and tell, this is the story about what that's like. Um, you know, he's just, uh, you know, a character and that happens to be one of his many attributes. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, for me as an actor, you know, my job is to try to take on that character and go, OK, so let me put myself into that character and and, and make this a real person. Um, mm -hmm. You know, though, you know, it's sort of, certainly understandable, uh, you know, uh, when we talk about people telling their stories and, uh, you know, telling their tales that we that there is some you know, thought to bringing some authenticity uh, to those things. Uh, but I don't think it's exclusive that an actor can't, uh, outside who doesn't have that thing, can't, you know, try to bring uh, the authenticity to that character. Because in a sense, that's that's sort of what the, the skill is supposed to be. Um, so I hope that I do a good job of it. Um, you know, I know it was something that we definitely talked about at the very beginning. And we even talked about, you know what, we, maybe we just lose the wheelchair. Uh, we'll just, you know, not, not deal with that. Um, but at the end of the day, part of the bigger story that, you know, the showrunner, Judson Spitzer, wanted to do was to create this, you know, world that reflected the world that we live in, that was so it was very diverse and had a, a bunch of different people. And for me personally, I was like, you know what? I think Garrett's so cool. He's such a cool, fun character to play. Like I, you know, and I have, um, you know, I have family members who use wheelchairs and, you know, for me, uh, younger ones. And I was like, you know, for them to watch a show where they see a character who's using a wheelchair, who is, you know, that's, you know, it's not like highlighted. It's not like some kind of very special episode. That's why that person's there. It's like that person's just part of the team with everybody else being funny, sometimes being the coolest guy in the room. Like, that's that's what I I thought would be cool to have that representation, uh, you know. And so I think that it's very important to have inclusion and make sure that not only that uh, people with disabilities are going out for characters who have disabilities, but I also think that we should see a lot more uh, people with disabilities going out with characters where the disability is not even part of their attribute. Mm. Um, you know, I know a lot of uh, disabled actors out there that are really great and they don't need to just go out when it's like, oh, you know, we need somebody who's, you know, gonna be in a wheelchair for this Law and Order episode. It's like, yeah, man, they, you know, they should be going out for uh, for all the roles. And so, you know, I, I'm hoping, you know, and, uh, you know, the, to, to see a lot more of that type of inclusion uh, in, in our industry uh, where we're seeing, you know, all sorts of people, just like they're, just like they've opened up sort of um, colorblind casting, yeah. you know, in the last few years where, you know, a lot of times, you know, uh, the breakdown would be like, you know, white male, uh, Hispanic male, and they've kind of stopped doing that. And they're just like, they're, they'll, they'll bring in anybody like, uh, you know, for our you know, example, our show, you know, yep. Nico came in originally, uh, the character of uh, Mateo was, uh, was Hispanic, but, you know, Nico, obviously he's Filipino, but that they brought in, uh, you know, all sorts of people. And, you know, I, I think they just need to keep opening that up as much as they can, because at the end of the day, it's only going to make the products better. Agree. It's look. This is the life uh, we're 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 seeing this everywhere around us. Why not see the proper representation on TV? It doesn't make yeah. sense to me. Exactly. Uh, and you're absolutely correct. There is, you know, the the fact that Garrett is in the wheelchair is a tiny part of what Garrett is about. Yeah. Garrett has, you know, it, it, it. Garrett, you say that he's one of the coolest characters. I actually think he's the coolest character. I'm not just yeah, saying yeah, that he's right. wrong. Uh, I think that's 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 what Garrett is. He feels like he's the coolest uh, guy, 
He has a lot of things to offer. We're going to talk about shoes in a second and video <laughs> games. So yeah, it's uh, it's just a part of it. Uh, but I wanted to ask you kind of how that uh, how that whole thing happened. Um, so in terms of uh, in terms of uh, Garrett, uh, I remember you know kind of reading and uh, listening to what you were saying. Is that uh, I think Garrett started out as as the comic book guy, and you're not a comic book guy. You're a video game guy. Which by the way, once my son found out, he loves you even more now. Because oh. uh, he's a Fortnite addict, and uh, you know oh, we, have to, right. we have to tear him away, you know, uh, at at night. So um, so you they, you kind of got uh, things where it started moving more in your direction of you know video games is your thing, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, the, and, you know, the, I think Garrett still does have a love for comics, and that that kind of sure. comes out. But I definitely identify a little bit more with the the video games, just because that's something that I, you know, am doing. At, at least uh, at least a half hour to an hour, maybe two hours a day, uh, depending on depending on the day. You know, I have I have a, a young baby in the house now, so it's a little tougher. Uh, there's a lot of times where I get on with my friends and, you know, about 10 minutes into the game, I hear my son crying and I just got to jump off. But, uh, you know, what? Uh, but I love it. It's, uh, you know, especially nowadays, you know, it, you know, being in, uh, you know, quarantine and yeah. that kind of world, you know, for a lot of uh, a lot of us gamers that it didn't really affect our social situation too much because we still saw our friends every day online and uh, it got to play games. So, uh, you know, I love it. I've made a lot of lifelong friends playing online. Uh, you know, I one of my favorite first, I had one of the first uh, generations of uh, uh, Nintendos uh, when they came out. Um, I loved playing that, uh, you know, so I turned out and I think I turned out just fine. So, you know, it, please let your son enjoy the games. <laughs> I think, I think it can, I think it can help out. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, and I, and I hope that Garrett keeps uh, enjoying video games too, because then maybe I can get to like, I got to play with the uh, Oculus, uh, uh, yeah. VR thing in one of the episodes, and I was like, it was something that had just come out. So uh, I, I love that. I love that if, if Garrett can try out more cool new uh, video games and technology on the show, I'm all for that. Hey, listen, now that Amy is in corporate, uh, you know, she can she can send some stuff down. Yeah, yeah, come on, Amy. <laughs> Very cool. And uh, the shoes, right? So um are the shoes based on on Colton, or the shoes were just a Garrett script thing? The shoes were just a Garrett script thing, you know. Like I'm actually, you know, I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty tame when it comes to shoes myself. Okay. You know, I I wear you know low tops, comfortable, uh, really really kind of shoes that you don't notice is sort of my thing that I like, you know. Um, but mm -hmm. uh, but I I've definitely learned a little bit from Garrett, uh, and uh, and have found uh, an enjoyment of of Jordans and the whole sneaker culture. So, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I have probably eight pairs of Jordans now and every once in a while I'll break them out. Uh, you know, if I'm feeling, if I'm feeling, you know, feeling sexy, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, it, it is such a, it's such a big part of Garrett and, and it's amazing how many people I hear back from who watch the show who that's like, the main thing, reason why they love Garrett, and they watch the episodes just to see what shoes it is that he's wearing, and they'll like, you know, Twitter at me or you know, comment on Instagram like, oh, I saw you wear these, you know, Jordan fives, you know, uh, in that episode, and so it's uh, it's it's amazing. It's it's really it's really funny how how important that is to a lot of people out there. Yeah, um, I one of the things that uh, that kind of drew me to that is because 
Well, you were on the show with a couple of uh, really well-known and incredibly talented Canadians, uh, you know, Laura and Mark. So I don't know if they introduced you to Kim's Convenience, which is the number one sitcom in Canada. Um, oh, so check it out. I, I highly, I highly recommend it. And one of the uh, one of the main uh, characters there, uh, his name is in the character name is Kim Chi. Uh, he's played by Andrew Fung, who just won the uh, uh, best supporting actor uh, uh, this year. He has a huge shoe collection himself, and they use that as the part of his character. So I'm like, that, am I seeing double? Is that the same thing with oh, Colton? I'm going to have to find this guy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'll, uh, I'll have to battle him with our collection of shoes that we've gotten from our TV shows. <laughs> I think so. Now, so we can have, we have, we have the uh, two collections. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll try to post uh, some pictures so you can compare those if you like. Very cool. Um, speaking of, uh, of Mark McKinney and, uh, and Laura Ash, who are both incredible, uh, and getting back to the improv, you know, how much play, and yes, by, for me, improv is play. How much play do you get to do on set? Uh, oh, a ton. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a ton of play. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't, could not stress that enough. Uh, best job ever. Uh, it is, uh, it's, it's, we're, we're constantly playing. And if it's a, you know, the, a lot, especially the, uh, you know, the break room scenes, um, you know, especially the first couple seasons when it was just uh, Lauren and uh, Mark, uh at the front of the meeting i mean it is just like those 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 days were the funniest days i wish that people who are fans of the shows i wish they just could set up a webcam for them to watch because mm -hmm. there's you know all those takes that you see in the show just imagine those takes happening you know 10 15 times and them going on for twice as long with just crazy, you know, impromptu songs and jokes and bits. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a, it's amazing. It's a pleasure to work with both of them. Uh, you know, they are certainly they're, they're both just hilarious and just incredibly uh, talented uh, comedians. So um, yeah, it's awesome. So much play. Unbelievable. And thinking back to what I said, I think I said Laura instead of Lauren. So yeah. if I did, that'll be the second time that I screwed up her name in an interview. Uh, one of the interviews, I actually quoted her, and I I got her name. So I reached out <laughs> to her and saying, I can't believe I did that to you, Lauren. So there's my second. There you go. There um, you go. Uh, she, she loves apologies, so you can give her more. Uh, listen, I, and and Garrett, uh, you know, I had to apologize plenty, and I think you'll still be doing that for seasons oh, to come. For sure. <laughs> uh, by the way, Mark uh, Mark was kind enough to uh, to be open to appearing on the show, so hopefully oh, he's very gonna cool. He's going to be oh, on. Awesome. Uh, I I love Mark, and uh, I I no, I'm not going to make promises because I I do the Glenn voice uh, fairly well, so oh, I'm not going to okay. I'm not going to make promises that I will not use it during the interview. So Mark, if you're watching this. Uh, if if that's uh, if that's a reason for you not to show up, then I guess uh, I'll I'll try not to. <laughs> um, very cool. All right. So um, last uh, last thing before we kind of jump into our lightning round. Uh, actually, two things because I, I remembered one of the one of the movies that I uh, ended up watching recently that you were in is Blockers, oh, um, yeah. which I actually watched with my daughter who's uh, who's about to turn sixteen. So that was a pretty interesting. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's a uh... what what was that? Yeah, <laughs> you, you had a couple of uh, very interesting scenes yourself. What was that process like? Man, that was a uh, that was a uh, that was just a blast, you know. Um uh Kay Cannon, uh who uh you know wrote the movie, um yeah. 
directed the movie. Uh, she, um, she, an old friend of mine. We were actually on a Herald team at Improv Olympic here in uh, at IO West in in, uh, in Los Angeles years and years ago. Um, so I was super excited uh, to to play that part. Um, it's also they it was also they shot in Atlanta, uh, and so that was really fun to go down to Atlanta to shoot there because that's like a you know it has a whole uh, scene of of productions that are down there, and so it's it's a it's you know very cool world to go to um, you know these days for for to work in production. Uh, but you know the fun funniest thing is is that you know I'm you know I know Ike Ike and I are friends and um, you know and and obviously the you know the the story is kind of split you know between the adults and the kids. Yep. Uh, but I'm mostly working with the kids. Uh, you know, and so, uh, all these, you know, great young actors, um, uh, I was, that's who I hung out with the whole time. Uh, you know, so everybody I hung out with was, you know, 15, you know, 20 years younger than me, uh, and, you know, hanging out, you know, oh, let's go, go out to this, this club, or let's go out to this restaurant. Uh, so that was fun, uh, getting to hang out with, uh, some youngsters, uh, you know, and they, they're all very woke, uh, <laughs> and so, um, but it was, you know, it was a blast. And it was, you know, again, you know, a lot of times with movies, <clears throat> you know, you watch that movie, you're like, oh, well, this character just shows up in like a couple of small scenes. Right. Well, that takes like over, you know, maybe a month and a half to shoot. And so mm -hmm. I actually, you know, was just spending a ton of time not doing anything. And also because it's a, you know, it's a movie that takes place at night. Uh, yep. It's a lot of night shoots where you shoot overnight. So, uh, you know, I would be shooting overnight and then kind of try to get a little bit of sleep during the day. And so it sort of kind of flipped my schedule a little bit, living out of a hotel. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, so it gets a little, gets a little weird uh, uh, at times, a little surreal, uh, <laughs> surreal reality, but just an awesome time. I mean, the cast is so fun. And like you said, you know, the, 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 uh, the um, younger actors in that, on that, on that project were so talented and so funny. Um, you know, Miles uh, uh, Robbins is hilarious, I think in the film. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it was really a fun, fun project to work on. And uh, I, I would love to do it. I got to improvise a little bit in it. There's a scene hey. where, um, there's a scene where uh, their party, a party they're at is the kids are at a party and the cops are going to break it up. And so everybody starts running to get away. And I'm the limo driver uh, yeah. for these kids. So I have to, you know, I'm supposed to, you know, I was supposed to go like, oh, you know, the cops are coming, uh, get, get in. And then I was supposed to just run around and get in the car. And I decided to do like a Duke boys, like slide across the car just for fun. Uh, I didn't tell anybody that I was going to do it, <laughs> so uh, I did it, and it's it, it's actually in the uh, in the final mm -hmm. the final film that you could just really see me try to slide across a car and just fall on my butt <laughs> really hard. That's awesome. I love that. Um, and how is the uh, the Uncle Phil the lawyer series? Any updates on that? Is that <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't know. I I I did. I was able to make a a very short sketch thing for uh, uh, for um, uh, a show here in Los Angeles. Uh, but I'd love to do it. So if there's anybody out there who uh, wants to do a you know a new series about you know young Uncle Phil uh, out out you know cutting his chops as a trial lawyer, uh, I would <laughs> I'm open to reading scripts. <laughs> Listen, Will. Will is a producer. You know, he has his own yeah. company. Check, check in with Will. And Will, if you're watching, let's let's get it done. Come on, Will. 
Awesome. All right. So um, time for uh, for our kind of newer segment that's called the Actors Lightning Round. So uh, kind of shorter, uh, quicker uh, questions. Um, you've been on a lot of projects. Uh, it's huge number of projects. We didn't mention most of them. Uh, what was your favorite if you had to pick one experience out of all of them? Uh, oh boy, that is tough. Uh, yeah. but I would, I mean, I'd have to say Superstore. It's, uh, okay. it's, uh, it's a family and a project and, uh, it's been my life for the last five years. So yeah, gotta mm -hmm. go with Superstore. Hopefully for many more. Yeah. Uh, although now again, the, the whole storyline, right? I, I know we're taking a tangent, of course, but you know, with Amy's going to come back and uh, she's going to shoot the first uh, episode of season six. Uh, Jonah is maybe going with her, maybe not. There's so many things that can happen. I, I want to know. So I, it, we need a, at least a few more seasons to figure you this gotta out. You got to take at least three or four seasons to resolve this. <laughs> um, what was the weirdest thing that ever happened to you on a set? Aside from, you know, being, you know, sawed uh, in half. Yeah, oh, that was pretty weird. Uh I'd say you know the weirdest thing that's ever happened the, the, is when I had to do uh, I broke my finger uh, uh, just um, just in life I was at, at a dog park with my dog and the, a leash got wrapped around my finger and it broke it uh, when I was in Austin Texas and I was shooting this movie called Laser Team and uh, uh, one or two that was doing which one uh, Laser Team one the first one okay. yeah. and uh, and so I broke my finger and um, we had to shoot the next day and it's like you know i can't really wait uh you know for a broken finger and so i you know just put i would wear a brace on it and then when we would shoot i just take the brace off and try to shoot the scene and hope that you know nobody bumped into my finger or anything um but then one day and we had to shoot a scene where i was laying on a gurney and i'm like covered up and the other guys in the group are trying to sneak me out of this uh, hospital and they're pushing me down this uh, hallway but you know, on gurneys, the wheels are kind of wobbly, and so they'll they'll kind of like slant to the side. Yeah. And so at one point, they're pushing me down the hallway, and I have a sheet over my head, and I'm kind of laying there, and my hands are down by my side, and the gurney kind of curves and just slams directly into a wall with my finger hitting first, the one that was broken. And uh, yeah, oh, it's a very painful, painful experience. But that whole like week or so, uh, right after my finger broke, like trying to shoot an action movie. <laughs> <laughs> where I'm like running and grabbing things uh, with a broken finger was probably uh, the weirdest uh, acting moment that I had to act yeah. through. <laughs> I'm I'm very sorry for bringing that painful memory up to you. Oh, it's all right. You can yeah. actually see my fingers uh, permanently yeah. messed up because of it. <laughs> sorry, buddy. Um, who's the best actor that you've ever gotten to work with? Oh boy, the best actor that I've ever gotten to work with. Yeah. I mean, I did a, you know, at Funny or Die, I did a sketch with Jeff Daniels. And so I guess that would be the best actor that I've ever worked with, I think. Yeah. Oh my God. He's, he's incredible. He's good. <clears throat> okay. Um, which series or film out there now you wish you were casted? Oh, oh, man. That's a good one. Oh, what series that's out now do I wish I was cast in? There's so many good series out there. I know, I know. Uh, you know what? Devs. I love the show Devs on uh, mm -hmm. Hulu. Uh, yeah. It's a sci-fi. It's a really weird sci-fi uh, kind of spacey. Uh, I, I love that. That would be, I'd, I'd love to do something like that. 
Cool. All right. Um, what's one thing that most people do not know about you? One thing that most people don't know about me. Um, hmm. Let's see. I mean, geez, people know most things about me. Uh, well, here's an interesting thing. I didn't eat uh, uh, fruit until I was about probably in my mid-30s. I started oh. trying fruit. Yeah, I, I ate a little bit when I was a kid, but then I like stopped when I was probably like 15 or something. I just didn't want to eat any more fruit for whatever reason. And I didn't eat any fruit until my mid-30s. <laughs> my goodness. Have you have you ever watched the uh, uh, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Uh, I I've watched a few episodes, but not a lot. So there is uh, in season three. Please, uh, guys, check me if I'm wrong. But in season three, Titus tries fruit for the first time, and he says that he's been eating fruit, but it turns out that he's been eating something that looks like fruit that's not fruit at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, Check that out. That that's the first memory that popped into my mind when you said that. That's very that's interesting. Very funny. Um, and uh, if you could change one thing about yourself, if there is one thing that you would like to change, what would it be? Oh man, one thing about myself that I could change. Uh, I wish that I would could get more sleep. I wish <laughs> I was better about getting you know getting the seven to eight hours of sleep. Um, <laughs> I think I uh, I always try to do it, and I maybe do it maybe once a week. I'll get that much, but for the most part, I usually do like somewhere between like you know four and six hours of sleep, and then I'll wake up and just be like, oh well, I'll just get up and start doing stuff, and you know, just not enough sleep. I got to get more sleep. Got it. So is is that a kind of just the way your body is, or is that because of your young child, or is it because you're out playing video games? Uh, all all of those. <laughs> so, you know, I think physically I just kind of end up waking up and then, yeah, I have the young child. And as a parent, you know that it, you get that moment after the kids go to sleep where you should probably just go to bed. But you're also like, oh, but this is my time to do stuff for me. And so, uh, you know, I do that uh, instead of getting to sleep a lot of times. Um, but, uh, you know, I you know, the, I think I think as a whole over life, I have undervalued the importance of of sleep. Yeah. Uh, I remember my kids are, you know, 16 and 11. So when they were young, they had uh, trouble falling asleep or they were just taking advantage of me. So I literally had a mattress in their room and I would fall asleep along with them, kind of holding their hand and then thinking that as soon as they fall asleep, I'm just going to walk out. You know, a few hours pass and then finally I get out. So that that was my experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's happened a lot with my daughter, which she, uh, I'll fall asleep with her in the room. And, uh, you know, um, uh, thinking that I'm going to get up and go back out and have dinner uh, with my wife. And, you know, I'll wake up about two hours later with my wife, like, shaking me, like, hey, you said you were going to come out for dinner. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I fell asleep. <laughs> too relaxing. Awesome. All right. Last question for you. Um, if, uh, if you had a chance to speak to a younger version of yourself and give one piece of acting advice, what would that advice be? Oh man, a younger version of myself. Uh, I guess the advice I'd give is just uh, have fun with it. You know, um, it's about having fun when you're going out on auditions. Uh, you know, just just enjoy doing it. Don't get so worried about whether or not people are going to like it or like what you're going to do. Just try your best just to to relax, breathe, and and just enjoy it. Know that. You know, really, when you're going to an audition, it, they're looking for somebody that they want to work with. 
And so, uh, you know, if you go in and you're all nervous and, you know, seem like a little off, like unless you give some dynamite, dynamite performance, uh, you know, they may not, uh, you know, they may not take you. But if you go in and you seem like a fun guy and a nice person to work with, you know, you're already halfway through the door. So uh, I just say to all myself and all younger actors, just try to enjoy it a little more and don't worry so much about whether or not other people are going to like what you do. Perfect. Well, listen, um, thank you so much for coming on. I have a ton more questions for you. We didn't get to talk about your acting approach, the uh, a lot of other stuff, whether you're a writer or an actor first. There's a, you know, I have just two pages of notes and I've gotten through a, a part of that. So please come back. We can continue. Sure. Of course. Well, thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Uh, it's it's such a pleasure. I, I still find it surreal that I get a chance to talk to you. Uh, you know, I, I still watch reruns of, of Superstore. So I get you on the screen. <laughs> now I get you on the screen. It's it's an incredible life. So, All right. I, <laughs> well, have a uh, heavenly day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you very much, Jason. Um, all right, Colton, thank you so much. And thanks to everybody for tuning in. Again, network executives, Will Smith, uh, you know what you're supposed to do, so please uh, take care of it. It's right below this video. Okay, everybody, see you later.